Hey, welcome to the Tim Prevo Show. It's Tim Prevo. Um, I get these random thoughts mostly in my car, and then I, I, you know, I gotta run with it. So I'm running with this thought, and I'm just gonna break it. Um, get right into it. It's the for me. It's two main reasons why there are more violence in certain neighborhoods than others, um, and I'm gonna talk specifically to the black community because, you know, I'm black and I kind of understand what it is to be black. And I think it's important for us to really have these honest, hard conversations with each other in order to really break it down and get to the bottom of why our culture is the way it is. So um, for me, it starts as a child in childhood. And one of the reasons, the reason number one why there's a lot of violence in black communities, in my opinion, is because black kids can't get bullied. Meaning, if I'm a kid and I get picked on and I go to my parents or my older siblings, they're going to make me fight. So, it, it, it's like this. I go to a kid. This kid bullies me. I go to my mom. My mom and I'm like, Mom, this kid's bullying me. I don't know what to do. And what they going to tell you? You're a punk. You're a wimp. You're soft. You're scary. You're a sissy. You can't fight. Like, b- being able to fight is like a badge of honor for black people. It's like you have to be, even if you don't know how to fight, you got you to gotta act like you know how to fight. Just because that's just the way it is in the black community for some reason. And I think we really, really, really need to evaluate this part of our culture because it does create a level of, of, of violence. It just creates violent, in, inherent violent attitudes towards each other because it's like if you don't know how to fight, then you're a punk, you're a wimp, you're soft. You know what I'm saying? And then you get called out all the time. Now, if I'm in a, in a school, not even in a school, because schools are trying, they kind of protect each other. But in my own environment, like my home environment, my neighborhood, if I'm a kid and another kid either says something bad about me or does something to me and I'm not able to go to my adults. So you go to your adult and you say, hey, this kid's bullying me. And then that adult should be able to go to that child's parents and then tell that child's parents, hey, this kid did this to my child and is considered bullying. And then that child's parents should be able to sit that child down and say, hey, I heard you're bullying this other kid over here. That's wrong. You shouldn't do that. If it happens again, we're going to have to punish you because bullying is wrong. You should not be taking advantage of people who you feel are weaker than you physically. Right. So it starts there. So once it gets to that point and we're not in our parents aren't able to protect us from bullying, then we have to protect ourselves. Right. So it's like so then it becomes two different factions. So now I automatically look at that little kid or any other kid who might be in my in my you know age group or whatever as a threat. So now I'm not even able to 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 foster an environment of love for my fellow group because one of these kids might end up trying to fight me, right? So eventually, I'm going to need to fight for myself or get somebody to do it for me or join a group that's going to that's gonna teach me how to be stronger, more masculine, more, you know, you know, more able to, like, fend for myself because our parents do not protect us from being bullied, you know? And even our siblings, they're like, ah, you're a punk, you're soft, you're weak. You know what I'm saying? 
And then it's like, and then so, so now the entire, so now everything starts there. And that's the whole, that's when it starts. The cycle of violence starts when you're a baby or a child and you're being bullied and you have no protection because everybody's telling you you're soft, you're weak, you're a punk. Now, this is, this is what I mean. The second, I'm going to go into the second point, which is like the cohort effect. So this happens in, in, in minor, in like small pockets of, 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 of um, neighborhoods. So, like, if this neighborhood is a tough neighborhood, very tough, hard, 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 it's because that's what's been breaded into these people, right? I, I grew up in a very tough neighborhood when I was um, a young child until I came to Connecticut. So, in that neighborhood, you had to know how to fight. You, you try to, you, you've been into a fight. At some point in your life, you had to fight. And I don't know, like, I mean, like, really fight somebody, like, fist to cuffs, like, hands up and everything. And... It becomes it becomes a level of like yeah I beat him up and now I'm the tough guy, now I'm bad. Meanwhile that kid is looking back like damn, you got beat up you got beat up ha ha ha, and now he's like feeling all kind of like down and weak and everything else and now he has to, you know he has to go back and and do something about it, or get out of that environment. Most of the time, when we stay in those kinds of environments and we don't get out of them, especially when we become a teenager. Or young adults, we become those environments. So we, we were, we're victims of the environment when we're babies because we don't know any better. And then once we stay in those environments that foster violence and, and anger towards each other, then we become those environments. So now where I'm a I'm big, I'm an adult looking person, and my mind is like already made up, like fight or flight. You know what I'm saying? And once you have that environment, once you have that embedded in your brain, then then things like compassion and empathy and love they don't they don't stand a chance because you've been in a fight or flight mode since you've been a baby. So like I remember when like when and, and white people don't understand this because they're not in those environments. So like when Hillary Clinton called those uh, kids super predators, there was never a question about well why did they become that way. And, and and as black people, we know why they became that way, but we can't even speak on it because then it's almost like, you know, it's like we it's like we hold ourselves back from trying to get better for the sake of not looking bad in front of people. But then they're already they're already judging us and throwing us in jail for shit that we know why it is the way it is. And then we want to protect our, our, our ourselves by saying, well, we shouldn't get harsh sentences. It doesn't matter. It's not about the sentences. It's about the crime. So we have to stop the crime and it, and it stops before the kid becomes an adult. And, and we have to have these hard conversations because it's, it's going to happen. Just No matter who's a president, if it's Joe Biden or if it's Donald Trump or if it's Mickey Mouse, whoever's president, if there's going to be instances where these particular neighborhoods are going to be filled with poor and violent people, they're going to get treated the way they're going to get treated. And that's just the bottom line. If if you had a if you had a if you had a uh, a police station full of black cops and they're in that environment, what do you think they're gonna do? Turn the other cheek, look the other way. They come they come there to protect the environment. So like we have to really understand. So let's get back to like really understanding what it what it is. And when I talk about the cohort effect, the second main reason is because gangs. Like I. 
was well versed in in gangs when I was a child. I wasn't in a gang. I knew about them. My neighborhood was a vice lord neighborhood. I think I've talked about this before. My neighborhood was a vice lord neighborhood. I knew the lingo. I used to sit there in school in class and draw the the, the four corner hustler dude. I would doodle that on my paper. Doodle, D O O D L E, on that on my paper. Four corner hustles. Four C H. I knew about that even though I wasn't in the gang. So, it's it's there. And 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 if it's one thing if the gangs were like, you know, fostering something positive. But when you hear gang, you automatically think drugs, violence, and you know, that's it, drugs and violence for the most part. So if you if you take the gangs away from the child, if you take the gang mentality away from the child, then you can actually help them progress like emotionally and um, educational wise and it's it is it does come back to the home even if you're a single mom or a single dad your mentality creates your child's mentality no matter if you have two parents in the home if both parents are assholes then you're gonna raise an asshole so it's, it's like so if you take it from from the child right the child's perspective they were born, they have no they have no say so on who they're born to, right? So they're born and this is who I'm born to. Now, the adult who has has, has been lost already because when they were a child, they went through the same environment this child's gonna go through, they don't know how to say, Hey, let's change how we feel about life because they've been taught to fight. You know what I'm saying? That's why you see it all the time on social media. You see, these, these these sucking black kids, black girls fighting, black men fighting, and and people people are relishing it. They laugh at it, and people are you know what I'm saying. But it's like, how do you change? How do you how do you cut the cycle? Because if you're born into an environment that fosters violence, then you're gonna automatically live in that environment. Then you're gonna become the environment. So, I I, I don't know. If we could talk to adults and tell adults, listen, fighting is not good. Like inherently, we have to like, how do you change adults from, how do you flip the mentality? How do you flip the mentality of an adult? I'd really love to um, know that. Because even now at 46, I'm like, you mess with me, I'm going to fight you. I might not want to. I might not be as quick to want to fight somebody, but at 46, I'm still like, if I got to do it, I got to do it. Punch somebody in the face, punch somebody in the face. You know what I mean? So, and this is what happens from the beginning in a lot of neighborhoods. That's why when I moved to Connecticut, my life changed a lot. Because even though New Britain wasn't like the richest town or whatever, it was still different. And I was exposed to different stuff. I ended up running cross country. I wouldn't have ran cross country in Chicago. I wouldn't even think about running no cross country. But I was involved in somebody walked up to me and says, hey, you should run cross country. And I was like, all right, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Not even thinking about cross, cross country, but somebody came to me with something that says you should do this. And I'm like, no, nah, try it. And I ran cross country for four years in high school. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and, th- and that's what I'm saying. Like, we're, And I was a child. I was a 13-year-old child at the time. And I was introduced to something that I had no idea about. And I was like, huh, man, try it. And I was never, I never had, I was never a slouch in school either. So that wasn't a problem. But like I was, you know, I was in those environments and I could have easily turned out to, to be like, fuck it. 
Let me get that pack. You know what I mean? Or if somebody's messing me because I was small, be like, hey, I got to defend myself. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, th- I think we really need to get back to the, to the root of why certain places are the way. Because poverty doesn't, doesn't have to be violence. Because if you think about, like, what's, what's the difference between a poor person and a rich person? Nothing except for they're, they're able to do more with their money. So, like, they can go on vacations probably more, buy more stuff. But with the way the government's set up, if you're poor, you're going to get subsidized housing. You're going to get subsidized food. And those are the two most important things. Food and shelter. You're going to buy clothes for yourself. But we want, we want to be like them, which is fine. But we have to stop. We have to start in the beginning and get back to, like, taking our... We got to get back control of our environment. You know what I'm saying? Because if we're able to, like, take the fight-or-flight mentality out, then we can open ourselves up to more things, like learning how to do computer science at five years old or six years old. You know? We're not looking at, like, being, like, popular with the girls or just just wanting to play sports all day. And, like, if... At, and then, as educators, like, if we understand, like, we can change our brains to where we're focused more on stuff that can uplift ourselves and our families and our neighborhoods, then we can start doing things like excelling in school, getting good grades on SATs, not having to like go to community college for two years and then try to figure it out. You know what I'm trying to say? Become entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs. But once you put the, the fight or flight mentality into a child, it's very hard for them to see outside of that environment. So, that's it. My rant is over.